Amen. Okay, so I, I got to do just a little bit of a review last week, and I know some of you weren't here, I'm sure, and, and uh, I hope you would go back and, and listen to the podcast, but, but there's another reason I need to do a review, and uh, this word continuum, this is the definition, this is, this is really wordy, but it's the, it's the least wordy one I could find, okay? And it says, a continuous sequence in which adjacent elements are not perceptibly different from each other, those things that are right next to each other, so it's a set of things, and the things that are right next to each other, they kind of overlap. Although the extremes, you know, the, once you get over here a little bit, yeah, this one looks a lot different from this one, but these, they just all kind of overlap, and you say, wait a minute, you know, it's kind of, like, you know, kind of like your body, you know, it's kind of, kind of hard sometimes to figure out, you know, maybe exactly where your, your, your hand and your forearm, and where then, you know, your bicep and this top, top part of your arm all begin, they kind of all fit together, sometimes it's hard to just kind of flow to one another, but it's really obvious that this is a fingernail and this is a shoulder, right? You know, so that's kind of what it's saying. And, and here's the thing is that you are a continuum. That's how God created us. We are a continuum. We are this, this, this thing. The way God created us, we are not separate pieces, but every bit of who we are just, just folds into the other parts of who we are. We're a triune being. We're, we're body, soul, and spirit. We're not body, soul, and spirit, we're body, soul, spirit. All those things together. And they just, they just overlap and they, and they intermingle. And you can't really separate those things one from the, from the other. And, and whenever you look into dimensions, and, and this is kind of one of the ways I'm kind of explaining this to you, is, is in dimensions. And who we are, we're like a 3D being. You know, we, we've got body, soul, and spirit. When you look in dimensions, and every time you add a dimension, you don't just add pieces it is an exponential growth. You know, and, and, and if you're not really into math, that didn't, probably didn't just pop into your head. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But it just, it just basically means this. is like when you add a dimension, it's like you're multiplying it. And then you add another dimension, and then it's exponential, and everything grows because, you know, because you've got like, you, you know, just you got one dimension, and then you got two dimensions, and you got three dimensions. You can reach out in all these different directions. And it's exponential how the growth is. And so, so it is in our Christian walk. That, that when we begin to understand everything and incorporate all of it, and we don't uh, relegate our, our Christianity to an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday, and maybe 10 or 15 minutes of prayer and, and Bible reading once a week, or, you know, or, or once a day, or you know, however often you do it, I hope you do it more than that. But if we don't relegate it that, and, and we begin to let these things incorporate into each other, body, soul, and spirit, and they incorporate, then, then we have that exponential, you know, it's, it's kind of like you come, on, come to church on Sunday, and, and, and if for you church is just a real physical experience of the singing and the listening, and, and, and you don't really make the connection with God, I mean, it's good. But then if you start really making the connection with God, it, it, it gets greater but then when you really start making connection with God for the rest of your life and incorporate every area of your life and let it all begin to come together, it is exponentially greater. And, and, and things happen even greater and deeper for you than ever before. And, and here's a promise. I, I got to give you these. And, and I'm, I'm saying all these things to set up what I want to tell you this morning, okay? Last week we went to 2 Peter chapter 1. And, and, and I only read verses three and four. I had several more I was going to read. And I, I think I'm, I think I'm going to bring them to you next week, but but uh, in, in next Sunday sermon. But we read just two verses of scripture, and I want to read you part of that, part of verse four, because I want you to see, I want you to see uh, what it says there. Second Peter chapter one, verse four. Through these, God has given us His very great and precious promises. 
We have great and precious promises. And when we're not walking in them, we need to be asking ourselves, why, why do I not have the great? Because through these things, he gives us great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. You have a divine nature in you because you, the thing that makes you different from your dog and your cat at home, and I'm sorry for you dog people and cat people and you think your dogs and your cats all have souls. I'm sorry. You know, the thing that makes you different is you have the spark of the divine. You have the divine nature in you. And when we begin operating in, in, in this connection of, of all the dimensions of who we are, and, and, we, and we don't relegate our, our soul part to just, you know, reading the Bible occasionally and attending church, then, then, then all of these things begin to, begin to grow to a place that then we can access this divine nature. You know it. You've got it there. I mean, you feel it. E even when, if you're not a Christian or before you became a Christian, you felt it. You sensed it. There was something that, uh, uh, you know, w when, when you would talk to God on those few occasions or, or, or when you would come to church on those few occasions, there was something inside of you that was just almost connecting, a little spark. That was it. It was the divine nature. But if you want to access that divine nature, then, then, then you've, got to, you've got to incorporate all these things all together and stop segregating your life as body you know, I do some things in my body, I do some things in my spirit, and then I do some things for my soul, and you got to bring all those things together. And then when you do that, then you participate. You participate in the divine nature of God. It's because then, uh, not, just, not just is just your body and just your life one, but then you and God become one. Think about like a relationship. You know a relationship? You understand how when you have a, a best friend, and people talk about your friendship, or you get married. You're married, and people talk about your marriage. When, when they speak of your marriage, or they speak of your friendship, they're not speaking anymore of two people, are they? They're speaking of one. And in the same way, when you, when you, when you accept this, and you begin to incorporate every bit of who you are into who God is, and then, then you start becoming one with God, and through relationship, it is no longer you and God. It is you and God. You know, and, and, and you're together, and you begin to participate in the power of the divine nature. Now, why does that not happen? Because, because we, we're still living on the one dimension, okay? Here is, you know, until Thursday, I was actually, I was actually preaching something else to you about this continuum, and, and God just so strongly, on, just at the last part of this week, said, no, I really want you to go right here, and where he said, I got to go, he said, we got to go to this place of prayer, and so, well, that makes sense to me, God, because last week we kind of ended up with prayer. And, and, and you know, really didn't end with prayer, and we're going to begin back with prayer today because, you know, even the, the sermon series is a continuum, right? And it's all supposed to connect together. And all of our Sundays are supposed to connect together, and all of our understandings from God are supposed to connect together. So it makes sense to me. But God wants me to talk to you about prayer because if we're not accessing the divine nature, and if we're not accessing those great and precious promises that he has given to us, you know, probably the reason can be found right here is because our prayer is not what it's supposed to be. Let's understand prayer for a minute. And here, here's the way to begin, is to begin where Jesus Christ told his disciples to begin. They came to him and said, Jesus, teach us to pray. They, they'd heard him pray, man. And when Jesus prayed, you know what happened, right? I mean, when Jesus prayed, storms stopped. You know, when Jesus prayed, thousands of people were, were, were filled with one little lunch. When Jesus prayed, 
People that were blind got their eyes, their sight back. When Jesus prayed, dead people woke up and got up out of their graves and their coffins. So the disciples are like, man, Jesus, teach us to pray. And so he gives them this, this little bitty prayer, what we call the Lord's Prayer, right? I mean, you probably, all you football players, you know, you could quote it even if you never read it in the Bible because you probably said it, you know, over and over and over, you know, in, in football practice. You know, but here, let, let's go to it because I, I want to show, show you. I, w- I want to show you the difference in what we see prayer as and what prayer ought to really become. And this is in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 19, 9 through 13. Jesus said, pray like this, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You say it with me if you want to. On earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Anything happen? Anything change? You say, well, Pastor, I've said that. A thousand times and nothing ever changes when I say that prayer that's the problem is we say the prayer prayers aren't meant to be said that's not what prayer is prayer is not something you say prayer is not this this this, this one thing you do because you think what what is, what is saying something that's your physical that's your flesh that's just your body and, and if you want this thing to be all it's supposed to be then it's got to encompass more than just your body it's got to encompass your body soul spirit it's got to encompass everything about who you are. And not just on this Sunday morning for an hour, 15 minutes, you know, that you'll be in a prayerful mind or, or for that moment that we pray. Because you know what prayer is supposed to do? Prayer is supposed to draw you closer to God. Do you feel closer to God because you said that with me a few moments ago? Or at least you read it. Do you feel, not really, right? Or if you went home and read, would, would you, probably not. Why? Because it was just a flesh thing. It was just, just the first dimension there. But look at this prayer. Look, look at this prayer. It's supposed to draw us closer to God. Prayer is supposed to be a portal to the power of God, the strength that we need for our battles, that when we have problems and don't have any answers or solutions, that, that prayer is the portal to wisdom and guidance and direction from God, that it's the portal to anointing and authority to, over all of the enemies that we fight. Yet we say the prayer and we say, nothing changed. It's supposed to. Look at this prayer. Look at this prayer. You, you, I know you probably look at that and say, well, it's just, just a prayer. Said it a whole bunch of times. Just, that, that's one of our problems. It's, it, to so many people, this is just a piece of literature. I mean, it's beautifully written. It's awesome. You know, and in the King James, I think this is New King James here, but in the King James, it's really beautiful to just read and, you know, to quote, like if you're in a, in a public ceremony or something and to, to quote it. I mean, it, it's an awesome piece of literature. But if that's all it is, it's it's it's. It's just that one dimension. Look at this prayer again with me real quick, if you will. Our Father. You know what that says? It doesn't just say who he is. That says who I am. <laughs> that says that I'm his son. Our Father. <laughs> Our Father. And who art in heaven? You know, n- not my earthly father. That can fail. Hey, I'm a dad. Let me tell you something. Dad's going to fail us, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed is your name. Your kingdom come. You know, we sing a song around here that that talks about, you know, when we're going through tough times and and we need God, that he brings his entire kingdom to stand right by our side. This is what this prayer says. Oh, your kingdom. Bring your kingdom here, God. I need your kingdom. In my battles, I need your kingdom. Or maybe I need some peace and I need your kingdom. Or maybe I need some strength and I need your kingdom. Or maybe I need some encouragement and I need your kingdom. And he says, your kingdom, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
You know what, you know what happens when, when, when God speaks in heaven? Angels take off running. I mean, when, G, when, when Jesus, when God speaks in heaven, angels get busy doing whatever he says. You know what? If your prayers aren't getting anywhere, then you know, this is what you need to be praying. God, I need your will to happen here like it happens up there in my life. Every single day of my life, I need it to be happening like that. When you speak, demons begin to run and angels begin to run and Holy Spirit begins to move in and do things. I want your will to happen right here in my life, just like it happens in heaven. Uh, give us this day, and not just our daily bread, but anything, everything that we need. The, the, the provision of understanding. And God, Jesus tells us to pray this and it's like as a promise to pray every day for what you need. To, and he's telling us to pray that because he's all obviously asking us that, that we can request this and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Look, continuum right here. One of the great freedoms and liberties that we find in God is when he forgives us of our sin and washes it away and there's no condemnation anymore, right? Isn't, isn't it awesome to stand here in the presence of God and, and, and when your mind is remembering all those things that you've done, all those times and all those places and all those mistakes and all that stuff and, and you begin to feel like a little bitty nothing. And then you remember that he has taken away every bit of condemnation and every bit of guilt and he has forgiven you by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you just feel liberty and a freedom. But let me tell you, that goes a little deeper too. It goes to another dimension. And you know what that is? It's when the, when the forgiveness of God begins to truly take over who you are. Not just push aside your physical body, bodily sins or those kinds of things. That's one dimensional. But he takes it to another dimension. It's when he begins to really encompass who you are, then his forgiveness becomes a part of you and you begin forgiving others. Now, that doesn't sound like an exciting thing unless you've ever forgiven somebody. And when you forgive somebody, you realize that there is an even greater release in forgiving someone else than there is in being forgiven by someone else. Is that you get to put all that, it's a, all that hurt and all that pain and all that struggle that you've had because of what somebody did to you, that you get to take that and set it aside and just walk away from it and say, hey, I don't deal with that anymore. It is an awesome thing. And so what we're praying here is we're praying, God, forgive us our debts just as, as we forgive our debtors. We're saying, God, take us over with, you, with, with, with forgiveness so that we no longer walk under the, under the condemnation of our own guilt, but also no longer walk uh, under the pain or, or, or the sorrow or the struggles of what somebody has done against us. <laughs> forgive us and, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know, and I talk to people all the time that say, man, I just, I, you know, I pray and I ask God to forgive me of my sin. It seems like tomorrow I'm stumbling in it again. Well, there's the prayer right here. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. I'm praying that, Pastor. It ain't happening. That's because it's still just a flesh thing. I'm going to show you that in just a minute, but get this. That's because it's still just a flesh thing. If you're praying any of this, if you're praying all these prayers and nothing is happening, it's because it's still just a flesh thing. I'll show you what I mean in just a moment, okay? For thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. And thine is the glory. Forever. There will never be a day. There will never be a day in all of history, for, for eternity, there will never be a day that the kingdom and the power and the glory did not belong to you, oh God. That is, back to the first of it, my Father. My Father owns the kingdom and all the power and all the glory every day for eternity. That's a powerful prayer. Well, yeah, pastor, if you pray it that way, well, why have you not been praying it that way? 
You know, why have you not been thinking about that? My goodness, what is in there? And here's the problem with this. As we look at it, it's like this piece of literature. We just kind of say it. That's just the first dimension of prayer. See, that's the problem. Here, let me show it to you right here. The first dimension of prayer is petition. And most of us, we get petition, right? We understand petition. And the Bible tells us to make our petitions known for God, okay? So that's okay. This is not saying this is wrong, but it's just the basics. It's just the beginning. Think about a child. When a child uh, is first born into this world and, and begins to have relationships, what's the relationship? This is the relationship a child has with you, right? Gimme, gimme, gimme. Gimme more. I mean, and even when they can't say gimme, they cry, and you know what they, you know, you know they need something, right? But that's why they're crying. That's the, that's the relationship. That's the very beginnings of communication. And prayer is just like that. That's, that's what we understand first is the petition of God. You know, I got problems here, God. And we tell him about all of our stuff. I, I, God, I, I, got some, I got some daily bread I need today, and I need some forgiveness here today, and I need your kingdom to show up today, and I need your will to be done. You know, and, and so we've got all these things, and we share them. But, but, but when we do this as, as petition only, it, it is, we're, it's like we say the Lord's Prayer like this, is that we say it, and hoping one day, eventually, some of these things will actually happen in our life. Isn't that the way we pray a lot of times? It's like we pray and we really don't believe it's going to happen because the reason is, is because we're, we're, we're in a petition mode. We're in the first dimension of prayer of just petition. Like a, like a child who is asking his mom, can I have a, a candy bar? And you know what happens? Sometimes you get a yes. Sometimes you get a wait till later and sometimes you get a no, right? And so when you're in the petition dimension of prayer and that's all that's there, that's where you're at with God. You can only ask and hope eventually one of those for one of those needs, you know, one of those solutions, one of those answers is going to fall out of heaven. It's going to be there because you're just there. But prayer is supposed to be so much more. Prayer is supposed to be your power. Prayer is supposed to be the portal, that, that opening of, of the power and the strength and the wisdom and the understanding of God to, to enable you to become everything God wants you to be, to enable you to, to receive those things. So the second dimension of prayer. It's communication. I, I, I struggle with where they call it dialogue or communication. I call it dialogue instead. The second dimension of prayer is communication, dialogue. That the whole purpose of speaking to God is not, I hope, I hope, I hope, but the whole purpose of speaking to God is expecting to hear him speak back. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard God speak back to you or if you've ever realized you have. He has spoken a lot. I guarantee you, he's spoken a lot to you. Whether you've heard him or not, now I don't mean audibly. Most people don't hear him audibly. If you do, you know, uh, you've been blessed. I've never heard God speak audibly. I've had times that it was almost audibly, but not, not quite audibly. But let me tell you, here's, here's how it happens with me. Is there such an impression? It's almost like boom, boom, boom. It's like, oh, wow, I hear that, God. There was a time that I heard God, and, and just like I was saying a few moments ago, you know, when you're in that first dimension of prayer, a lot of times you hear yes, wait, or maybe. I remember there was a time that I was in, I was, I was in the second dimension of prayer. I was at that place. I knew, God, I got to hear something from you. And you know what God said? He said, not yet. And you know what? I mean, there was something inside of me that said, not today. I knew it was God speaking in me, not to, I was, God, I got to hear from you. got to hear. And, and, and I just felt so impressed, not today. And you know what? I said, thank you, God. Would you say thank you to a not today? 
Uh, not if you're a four-year-old asking for a candy bar, would you? You wouldn't say, well, thank you, Mom, that, that you, you li- at least heard me. I, I know that you heard me. But I was like, thank you, God, that I heard you. And that's, that's the, the, the purpose of this. It, it's when, you, when you begin to grasp this second dimension of prayer, you're beginning to understand, wait a minute, what I just need to know is that I need to know that God is hearing me and he sees all this. You know, it's, it's, I don't know about you. I just talk to God sometimes. I mean, you know, just really dialogue with him, you know. It's like, God, you know, I know that you see everything. God, but are you sure you saw this coming at me because, I mean, you ain't handled it yet, Lord. You know, and I just kind of tell you, know, and I know you see it, but God, let me just make sure, okay, because, you know, and I want to hear him just, some, just say back, yes, no, or you got to wait a little while. You know, I just, just need to hear him sometimes. And that's what this, this, this second dimension of prayer is like. It's like getting to the place where I got to hear him. And even if he says, wait, at least, hey, I know that means he's working on a plan. But if you want prayer to be what I said prayer was supposed to be, if, if you want prayer to bring you closer to God, if you want prayer to be the portal that connects you with his power, that begins to truly bring wisdom and guidance and answers and direction into your life. That you want prayer to enable you to walk in in, in a powerful anointing and authority over every devil of hell that you face. Y'all ever face devils or just pastor? You know, that's that's facetious, right? You know, I, 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 I didn't really ask that question because I know you face them. I guess the question is, do you admit that you're in battles every day? Because you are. Satan wants to destroy everything you've got. He wants to destroy everything you are because you were created in God's image. He sees that divine nature inside of you that you don't even yet see, and he is coming after you. And you need the power and the authority of God to stand against him and to beat him in every one of these battles. And, and, and if you want that to happen, then it's got to go beyond the second dimension of prayer. It's got to be more than just, God, I hope you're hearing me, and please, okay, thank you, I heard that you hear me. Thank you for hearing me, and I, I, okay, thanks, for, even for the no, God, thank you, because I know you must have something else planned. It's got to go beyond that. There are so many, there are so many uh, clues and keys and, and, and things in, in Scripture to tell you what to do, and, and, and I don't want to diminish any of those. You know, one of the things we do here is, is I always pass these out on Father's Day because I want every dad to have one, but uh, just a, a, a vial of oil, and, and, and we pass these out because in the Old Testament, we, we see this in the Old Testament, yet it's continued in the New Testament. We see it in the Old Testament that what they did is they took oil and they marked things for specific purposes. And so then when you take the oil, it's like in the book of James where he says, if anyone is sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them take some oil and touch him, anoint him, mark him, and mark him for a healing. And that prayer of faith will save the sick. And so, and so we do this because we believe in, in that. Not that there's any power in this, but there's power in being obedient to God and marking things for prayer as in authority saying, in authority saying I am marking this sick person for a healing. I am marking my, my son or my daughter for obedience. I, I I am marking them for direction and wisdom and, and, and success in their life. I am marking them for that. And so we do these things. You know, why do we have prayer team members down here every Sunday, you know, standing here, well, I hope somebody will come let me pray for them today. You know, why do, why do they go to the trouble? Why are they standing down here? Every, you know why? Because Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, you know, it was right, right, just same chapter, just, just going down from, from where Jesus was telling us how to pray. He goes on down and he says, and where two of you agree together 
about anything in my name, he says, I'll do it. Why then do we say, man, come down here and find a prayer team member that I grab hands with and hang out and say, and let's agree together and believe that God's going to do it. Because Jesus said, where two people agree in prayer over anything, he says, I'm going to do it. So we've, we've, got, we've got all of these things. We've got, we've got all these things we can do. We, we've got to take you to that. But even doing all those things will not get you there until you get this understanding. And it's all about continuum. Is that the third dimension of prayer is relationship. I think it is an error to say prayer life. I, I, think, you're, I think you're destroying your, your, your spiritual strength to, to talk about your prayer life and what your prayer life is. Because saying I have a prayer life sounds like I got something over here that is separate from there. Like I got a work life and I got a school life and I got a home life and I got a prayer life. I got a church life and I, I, you know, and I got a prayer life. I think that I think I think we're we're, we're blowing it there is, is if we're we're even calling it prayer life because prayer is not supposed to be alive. Prayer is supposed to be of our life. And, and Paul wrote in First First Thessalonians chapter five verse seventeen: Pray constantly, pray all the time. And and so it's going beyond just just making petitions. And it's going beyond saying something to God and believing that He's going to say something back. But it's like being in constant communication with Him. And you know what? Why does that help me? Pastor, why would that help me to be in constant communication? So the next time, you know, those of you who are struggling with a temptation, the next time, you, you know, that temptation comes up, Jesus is still standing there because you were just talking to him a couple minutes ago. And even though you can't say it out loud, maybe because lots of stuff going on around you, you know, you can kind of just in your mind say, oh, what do you think about that, Jesus? He can say, oh, no, you don't need to handle that. Don't let, just leave that alone. Go away. Just, just, just walk away. Or like, uh, like uh, the Spirit obviously led Joseph to run, run, and run fast. And Joseph ran out so fast he left his coat behind him. You know, get away from that temptation. Imagine the power and the strength and the direction, the wisdom you would have if you were in constant communication with God. That's what this is all about. It's when you don't have to show up on Sunday and pray over the problem you had this past week because you and God were talking about it right in the middle of it. Because he was there. And he was laying it out before you. And he was speaking it to you. And he was saying, here's what we're going to do here. And that, and that you didn't have to say, i got to have some help right now and grab five or six people get around you right because you've been talking to God all along. And he said, well, how do you, Pastor, i got a life to live. How in the world am I going to work if I'm talking to God all the time? No, 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 no. You're misunderstanding here. You know, think about, think about, and I use this illustration a, a whole lot, is think about you walking down the street with a friend, you know, and, and, and you all talk a little bit. You stop and, and, and you know, and retie the shoe. You know, your friend walks a couple steps ahead. You catch up with a friend, you know. And then maybe, you know, there's a, there's a store or something, and, and, and you stop and you look at a couple things. You check out prices, whatever, but you keep walking and you keep talking to your friend. And then later somebody says, what have you been doing all day? And you say, I've been talking to so-and-so. And we talked all day long, you know. That doesn't mean you talked, every, you know, every single moment of that day, but it meant you were in constant community. That's what this is. It's about not relegating your prayer life to an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday or 15 minutes a day or whatever. It's about not relegating your prayer life to when you get into uh, struggles and say, God, i got to have some help here. You know, like that second dimension of prayer, i got to hear from you. But, but every single, allowing yourselves to be wrapped up in prayer. That prayer is supposed to be part of who you are because it is, constant, it is relationship and constant communication between God and you and God. And over and over. Last Sunday, we closed the service. And as we closed the service, I had four people that I, that I, 
I had the opportunity to pray for just right after service. And, and I don't even mean like right here people came to me. Some of it was me just feeling, oh, you got to go talk. And God, God reminded me, he gave us such an awesome prayer. And I didn't even realize it until that moment. But he gave us an awesome prayer in the sermon last week. You know, those three dimensions? And how sometimes we have problems that we don't have the physical ability to solve. And sometimes we have problems we don't have the intellectual ability to solve. Sometimes we have problems that only our faith in the power of God can solve. And what an awesome, what an awesome prayer structure he gave us in that sermon last week. And how easy, how easy. And I prayed that with several people last, last Sunday. Let me ask the question. Who here today has got a need? Who's got a need? Anybody got a need? Anybody got a need? Yeah, got a need? Stand up, David. I was waiting for you to raise your hand. One word, two words, something. Kind of what your need is. Not, not what your need is, but what area? Uh, direction, financial. Financial direction from God. I, I felt led to do this to show you how easy it was. But David's going to get the blessing of getting everybody's prayer right now over him. God, if we had the ability, it would already be done. If we had the intellect, we'd already figured it out. But God, the only thing we've got is our confidence and our faith in you. God, that this is already taken care of in Jesus' name. And everybody agree with that prayer said amen. Amen. See how simple it is? See how easy it is? Somebody else. Anybody else want prayer real quick? Just real quick. Stand up, Russ. What, is, what area is it? Victory. Victory. Somebody want to join me in this? God, I don't, I don't know all of this. I think I know some of it, God. But, Lord, what I know about this, there is no physical ability in this world to handle this. There is no intellect. We've tried intellect, God, and it ain't working, Lord. All we can do is we can know by our faith in your full power, God, that you have already done this. You've already figured it out. You've already got the plan, and you're already working it. In Jesus' name, and everybody agree with that, said amen. amen. Oh, is it, is it that simple? It's that simple, Pastor. It is that simple. I can't. I don't know how. By my faith, I know that you can. Some, Byron, you raised your hand a minute ago, didn't you? Give me an area. Tell me an area. You per- it doesn't matter. Give me a hand again. Come on, let's pray. God, if we were able, we'd already done it. God, if we had the intellect, we'd have already figured it out. But God, we know that this need in Byron's life can only happen by our faith in your full power, God, and that you already have this figured out. Now do it in Jesus' name, we pray. According to our faith and according to his faith, let it be done. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said, amen. That's how easy it is. And when you're walking up and down the street and somebody says, I got a problem, that's how easy it is. If I I were able to do this, God, I've already done it. If I knew how to do it, we'd already figured it out. But God, all we've got is our faith in you that you're powerful enough. Please, God, meet their need. Amen. That's it. It's that easy. Why are you telling me that, Pastor? Because I'm expecting you to start doing that. I'm expect, I mean, if you want that kind of prayer, you've got to get down to that 3D. You get to that third dimension of prayer, of a prayer life, that it, it is part of your life. As Russ said earlier, it is a life of prayer. It's not separate. It's all part of it.
it, 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 and, I, and I'm wrapping this up here this way. And I, I'm trying to decide. I, let me do this. Let me go ahead and try to decide if I want to bring you on down. I'm ready. Would you stand and come to the front with me? Let's close this front. I was trying to decide if I'm going to give you that last point now or when you get down here. Come on down to the front. And let me give you this last point. If you're a first-time attender, we like to close around front when it's, when it's convenient and it works out. And this is one of those good times that it does. So come join us. We'll close with a final thought, a final prayer, and a final song. When I, when I talk to other pastors and ministers, and I do that a lot because I want to know what's going on everywhere. And I don't know if y'all have looked around and noticed, but those people with those prayer lanyards are standing around you already, okay? They're just waiting for somebody to say, yes, I, want, I wish pastor would come. It's not the pastor. But Jesus said it's where any two of you agree. So go find one of those people to pray that quick prayer with. Take them by the hand and pray that prayer. Whenever I talk to other pastors and ministers and I ask them, let me, do you know, you know what they're, they're struggling with in their, in, in their churches? Here's what they're struggling with. Is that their churches come to church and they're coming in the first dimension of prayer. The, the, the God moved and God has grown a great church, but th- for some reason their church has slipped back into the first dimension of prayer. They only show up to say, God, got a need today. Let me tell you about my stuff. Let me tell you about what I need. Just talking about my stuff, my stuff, my stuff, my stuff. And, 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 and churches are dying because they've never got, or, or they got past it. They might have gotten even down there, but they slipped back to that first dimension of just showing up on Sunday. It's all about me, God. Here's my problem. Speak to me. Tell me, God, what I need to know today. Maybe get into that second dimension every once in a while, but never fully staying and living in that third dimension where it's relationship. And it stays relationship. And I hadn't told you this one in a while. Okay? I haven't, haven't given you this one in a while, so let me, let me give you this scripture again where Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God. My last scripture up there, Chase. Do I have it? Was it there? Is it there? Oh, I'm supposed to have it. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You know what that's talking about? It's talking about that right there, third dimension. Get in the third dimension. Because here's what happens. is when you start praying over somebody else. You start praying over somebody else, and God says, okay, now you're handling my stuff. Now God says, now I'm going to handle your stuff. Amen. That's it. When I start handling his stuff, then he starts handling my stuff. Seek first his kingdom and all those things I'm going to take care of, God says. Because you can't handle that stuff, right? You're not able. You don't have the intellect. It's only by faith. So, I mean, I don't even need to pray about it anymore. I've, just told, I've already told you that, God. Now show me somebody I can pray for when I'm praying for them. My need is getting met. And you say, well, Pastor, you're never, you know, everybody, everybody's not going to become one of those people that pray on the street or pray, you know, when they're driving down the road in a car and somebody says, I got a need, or, or somebody at work says. I, I've always had people tell me that I sometimes overexpect and that I'm, a, I'm an idealist and I'm a dreamer and believe that. But let me tell you, here's what, I'll say it this way. What I want as, as, a, as a pastor is I want a church full of people that can pray at the drop of a hat with somebody. And if it's just that little simple prayer of God, if we were able, we'd already done it. If we knew how, we'd already done it. But all we've got is we've got faith in your ability to do it. Now, God, do it. Amen. If that's all you know how to pray, then start learning to pray and pray for somebody. I'm going to pray that over you right now. And I'm going to believe that God, and then we're going to celebrate. Jamie's going to lead us in a final song. We're going to celebrate who we are in God. 
And by celebrating who we are in God, we're going to ask him to remind us of that every single day this week. So that when we find somebody in a battle, and we don't, we don't say, oh, that's bad, walk away. But man, God, give me the chance. Because in praying for someone else's problem, I'm seeking first the kingdom. And I'm opening the door for him to then deal with my problem. Bow with me. Father, I ask you right now.